Hi, Hannah. Hi. How's it going? It's good. How are you doing? Good, good. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Joy Score Podcast, offering tips and tools for health, fitness, and mindfulness. We hope these tools nurture joy in your daily life for your personal journey. I am your host, Ellie Lund, and I'm delighted to welcome our guest, Hannah Levy. Today, we are going to be exploring the connection between fitness and mental health. Hannah Levy is a graduate from Stanford University. Hannah majored in psychology and is currently working on her clinical psychology PhD program at Washington State University. As a Stanford athlete, Hannah earned four back-to-back national championships in lightweight rowing. She participates in CrossFit and triathlon training while planning to complete a full Ironman event next year. Hannah continues to dance and perform in documentary dance projects and local art and talent shows. Welcome, Hannah. Thank you. I'm so excited to be on your show. Awesome. So last time we talked, we were talking about the connection between fitness and mental health. So I was wondering, as an athlete who has really, really a lot of experience in the area of fitness, and now with your understanding of psychology, if you can expand on your thoughts about that. Yeah, I think um, for me specifically, fitness has always been a, a part of my everyday life. It's never been kind of an addition to it. It's just, it's just a part of it in every way. And I was worried coming to grad school that I might somehow lose that or be too busy. But I think the way in which I've been raised and kind of the habits I've established, I was able to maintain fitness as a part of my life. And I think it's a huge reason in my success in my day-to-day planning and scheduling is just having that as a part of what I already do. Can you tell me a little bit about what that fitness looks like? So for our listeners who don't know you personally, (laughs) I was just wondering if you could just kind of elaborate on what that looks like for you. Sure. Uh, So I guess in a typical day, I might wake up at, you know, 530, uh, teach a spin class in the morning or a couple, depending on um, my schedule that day. So I always start um, pretty early to get in as much work as I want to do. So I might have spin. Later in the day, I might have a run or a bike ride, typically CrossFit training in the evening, and then some sort of mobility or core work to um, prevent injuries. So that could be a short yoga or, you know, short um, mobility training where I'm practicing balance and core. Um, And then in between all that, of course, I have my school uh, requirements and my normal schedule with that. So it is pretty busy, one thing Mm -hmm. after another, but that's the way I prefer it. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's intense. (laughs) (laughs) I'm lucky if I can like get up in the morning and go for a walk. (laughs) Yeah, it it is a privilege to be able to do as much as I as I can right now. And I think it's helpful to be a student where my schedule isn't a typical nine to five, but you know, it's blocks of times in various locations. So I can kind of sometimes even sneak in a run leaving from my school office and coming back and going straight to class. (laughs) Wow, that's amazing. And 
how do you feel that this type of fitness schedule has affected your life on like various levels? Yeah, I think it um, it's really given me a sense of control over my day. You know, it's I think about my schedule the night before where I kind of go over everything I want to get done the next day and where I can fit in my fitness in addition to all of my other requirements of the day. Um, So for me, it adds that structure. It adds that control because if it's in my schedule, I know that I'll do it. I know that it will be something I complete, something that I can feel accomplished about when I go to bed. So for me, it's added that structure. It's also added a nice break into my days where I might be seeing clients for for therapy or I might be um, in a class or having meetings. It's a nice way to kind of break up the monotony of the days Mm -hmm. um, and and add in something that's just uniquely mine, something where I just can focus on my breathing, focus on my heart rate, what I'm putting out. So it is, it is uniquely my time. Mm-hmm. Last time we talked, you mentioned that, you know, you really know what a heart rate, I think of 180 feels like. Can you tell me, <laughs> can you tell me a little bit about that? Because I'm, I'm really sensing a strong connection with your body. And that's something we talk about in mindfulness is like really coming into a deep, deep understanding of the awareness of our body and the life that we're currently living. And I'm feeling that connection from you because Mm -hmm. you talked about, you know, your breathing and your heart rate. And you tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, I really appreciate uh, having a heart rate monitor because to me, it's direct feedback um, that's separate than speed. So when I, um, when my coach tells me to go out for a zone two run, I'm pretty um, able to kind of know what that feels like without having to look down at my watch and know the exact numbers of my heart rate should be to be in that zone. Um, just the way my body feels. And I think that's something that's definitely come over time of knowing how to push, knowing when to hold back, and knowing how to sustain my energy. So yeah, when I say I'm very familiar with what 180 feels like, that's typically my higher end of heart rate. Um, But I I know when I'm there, I can, I could probably tell you within about five beats, what my heart rate is at any given moment at this point. Wow, that's awesome. (laughs) That is so wild. Wow. Okay. So tell me a little bit. So we talked a little bit about the physiology behind your running. Can you tell me a little bit about what happens in your mind as you're running or you're doing your CrossFit training or? Yeah, I think um, for me, there was a period of time where I was really focused on the numbers I was getting. So um, like I had a watch or I had my an app on my phone that would kind of tell me my speed or I had numbers that I would shoot for in terms of weightlifting at CrossFit. Um, And it's really easy. I think it's really easy for me to get kind of caught up in those numbers. Uh, Recently, I've been trying to be more mindful with how I approach my fitness, especially during COVID-19, especially in a time where events are getting canceled left and right and nobody's schedule is kind of as they thought it might be for the fall. So for me, I, I had three races that I was going to be in that all were canceled, postponed. So I, 
in terms of trying to having to enjoy the process um, rather than kind of just be focused on the outcomes and how I do at these races, it's been important for me to, instead of looking at my watch or phone all the time and knowing my exact numbers, to just kind of enjoy the training itself. And what that looks like mentally is being able to look up from my watch on a run and notice the scenery and notice the beautiful area that I'm privileged enough to live in right now where I can go outside and get away from lots of people, get away from cars, be in nature. So finding ways to be mindful in my experience of training. Hmm. So I'm hearing like you're really kind of connecting with the present moment as you are um, training you're not as focused on the outcome, uh, which oftentimes creates a lot of anxiety for um, Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. when they're so focused on the outcome. And then you kind of lose what's happening in the present, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm hearing that you are creating um, a really deep sense of presence, but and, and in that presence, I'm also feeling that there's a certain level of awareness or heightened awareness in terms of your uh, physiology and being mm-hmm. connected with your body. Um, I'm curious. Um, so I guess what you're saying is in your mind, you're just really observant of what's happening around you. Mm-hmm. I know as an athlete um, and also as a, a graduate student, you must have a lot on your mind in terms of finishing papers, doing research and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. How do you feel um, fitness helps with those type of kind of anxious thoughts or uh, planning or, you know, strategizing in your mind? Yeah, I think that's a great question and probably really different from person to person. For me, fitness is my time and my training is my time to not really have to think about all of my obligations. Um, I see clients, I teach academic classes, I teach spin classes, I have tons of meetings and different uh, groups I'm a part of, but when I train, it's the time where my mind stops racing and I can solely focus on my breath or I can solely focus on the music that I'm listening to. So it, it kind of adds in that pause that I feel like helps me regain my energy and rejuvenate myself to be prepared to be on when I need to academic wise. So um, you're right in that I think for me, fitness is my kind of way of practicing mindfulness. Um, maybe it looks different from person to person and choose in, in terms of what activities they choose, but um, I don't have to think or talk about psychology or think about kind of what my clients might be experiencing or what I might be experiencing in school. And I can just think about, I'm just going to run or I'm just going to hold my heart rate here. And I know that's something that is in my control, even on days that aren't as great or that I'm not as motivated. Right. So that to me signals like a great sense of focus and concentration. So it's almost paradoxical because like there's a certain liberation that I'm hearing you experience as you are, you know, running because you can forget about all the things that normally fill your mind. (laughs) You can just let go of everything. Right. And then that Mm -hmm. letting go, there's also a focus and concentration because then you're focusing on your heartbeat or your breathing. And Mm -hmm. like when I, one thing that I really hold dear to my heart and I really believe firmly is that the breath is a liberating 
function that we have. Mm. It's a, almost like a power. Mm-hmm. It's like a, like if you could have any power, we already do. It's called the breath. And <laughs> when you focus on your breath and you focus on the inhale and you follow your breath and all the way into the exhale and you just focus on that, that chatter, that mindful chatter just turns down big time. Mm-hmm. And you just feel so relaxed. You know, I, I can imagine like, I don't know. I know you're training hard, but I feel like you're also <laughs> relaxing a little bit in there. <laughs> no, I, I would totally agree with that. I mean, in in some more traditional ways, it's not relaxing because, you know, you're, you're working really hard. You're exerting a lot of energy. But it is relaxing in the sense of all I have to do is keep moving and and that's kind of how I approach it on on days when I like today I wasn't particularly feeling super motivated to do this kind of long hill run um but I knew that I could do it I knew that if I just go out and kept moving that I would complete the workout and that feels like control and that's what feels relaxing to me is it's something that I just have to keep moving and um and approach each workout as if you know, it's, it's my part of my training, but also not the end of the world if I don't get the exact numbers I want, but that I I'm doing it and I'm joining in the process. Mm-hmm. That is so powerful. And it brought me back to when we were at Lake Tahoe and we were doing a little hike and we wanted to go <laughs> down to the lake and we didn't know how far the lake was or how long it would take to get to the lake or what we would see when we got to the lake. And it was a very long climb and a very <laughs> long decline. But we finally got to the lake. And it's just by putting one foot in front of the other. Yeah. I think that's such a powerful analogy for life. Like, especially when you're going through some hard times, it's just putting one foot in front of the other. Just mm-hmm. doing what you know to do, right? Like, mm-hmm. get up in the morning, take a shower, <laughs> get in the car whatever it is that you're doing and just repeating that and it just gets you to the next moment sometimes yeah exactly it's finding ways to kind of incorporate those steps and just remind ourselves that I can do this one thing and then I could focus on what's next after this but for now I'm going to do this one thing and I'll do it as best I can it might not be perfect today it might be more difficult than it was yesterday but I can do it Mm mm-hmm you know, it's funny. One of my uh, spirit guides way, way back, he would talk, he was friends with a rock climber and the rock climber would tell him only look six feet ahead. Mm-hmm. If you look further than six feet ahead, you're in trouble. So I think that's such a great analogy of how to kind of like stay in the present moment, not worry too much about what's going to happen, because honestly, worrying isn't going to help right? <laughs> it's still, it's still there, <laughs> especially right now. It's not going anywhere. So it's like, you know, just relaxing into the moment and just looking six feet ahead. Um, one of the things that we talked about uh, recently was your approach to food as an athlete. And can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. It, I have an interesting relationship with food because for a while I was on a weight restricted sport which meant there were times where I would have to cut weight, which is kind of counterintuitive for an athlete who is, you know, trying to exert as much energy as I can in a race. Um, So I feel like what that taught me overall is how to use food as nourishment. Um, For me, I see food as a way to fuel my workouts and something that can help me feel better during them. 
So I think about, okay, what does my body need? What is it telling me that it needs? What's going to be beneficial for me feeling good? Sometimes that's salad. Sometimes that's a milkshake. And there is no good or bad in my mind about what label to prescribe to each of those, but rather what can it do for my body? How is it going to nourish me? Is this going to make me feel good? How do you find out what's going to nourish you? Like, okay, when I was running way, way back when Mm -hmm. I heard that I should eat pasta before I run, you know, like I don't need to get some carbs in before I start running because maybe it produces more energy. I don't know. But (laughs) how do you find out what is nourishing to your body so that you can optimize its capability? Yeah, I really feel like it's trial and error. Um, As much as I'd like to believe there's kind of a one size fits all, I really think it's different for each person because I know some people who can eat pasta 10 minutes before a run and feel great. And if I did that, I would vomit immediately. (laughs) (laughs) I, I need to eat probably a couple hours before I run or I really feel it in my stomach. So for me, it's been constant trial and error of, okay, what what feels good when I do my exercise and how can I kind of alter that to um, work for my body and work for my needs. One of my coaches always tells me to kind of train as you would on race day. So if I know that uh, on race day for breakfast, I want to have oatmeal with some peanut butter, then I should one day or a couple days practice what that would be like to eat that meal beforehand so that my body isn't shocked on race day so it knows what it feels like so I know how to feel properly and again it's just kind of figuring out what works for your specific body Hmm. you know it goes back to really being in tune with your body like that theme I'm really like I'm (laughs) getting from you is that just really being and in yoga that's huge right because in yoga we talk Mm -hmm. about listening to your body and usually when I listen to my body, it's really about like, at my age, what aches? <laughs> what uh-huh, yeah. feel so good? <laughs> it's like, ooh, that, that position, that asana wasn't that good, you know. But what I hear you say is also kind of like tuning into the digestive system and the digestive powers in terms of how does it fuel my body and energy, you know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. um Another piece that um, I was wondering if we could explore is the idea of the circadian cycle and how does fitness affect that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I feel like I sleep so well, fall asleep so quickly, but that's majority of the time when I'm training hard. Um, there was a period of time where I had a concussion And obviously that affects your sleep in itself, but I also wasn't exercising a lot. And when I was recovering that from that, there wasn't a lot of movement or exercise I could do. And my sleep was really affected for a period of time after that. When I'm training, when I have um, a busier schedule, I fall asleep very, very quickly. Um, And I'm able to kind of maintain a pattern. So I know that um, if I'm waking up around 5.30, that I kind of want to go to bed around 10. And that becomes like a pattern for each day so that my body kind of falls into this cycle of this is when we sleep. This is when we wake up. I always tell people that my mind kind of turns off at 9 p.m. and I'm 
probably the most energetic person around five. <laughs> I used to annoy my teammates because I'd be super bubbly and playing loud music when I picked them up in the van at 520 in the morning. <laughs> but I just have trained my body to kind of know when to be awake and know when I'm I'm winding down for the day. Right. And just like in terms of like the cortisol level and how I think it's when it goes up, right? It increases when there's a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. And when you are able to sleep, it just brings it down. You know, it just kind of like um, it fuels the homeostasis. And that's another thing we talked about was like having the body at the right homeostasis. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. I think for myself, um, it, it comes with finding a balance between leisure activities, fitness, and my responsibilities. Um, and what's been so important for me is having a schedule that I can fall back on so that I'm not um, worried about when I'm going to make everything happen, but just having the knowledge that I'm going to fit in all of these things in my day and it's going to work out. Um, And for me, that creates a sense of balance because I'm not just, you know, I'm not just using my brain all day. I'm also using my body and I'm nourishing it in with food and with sleep and with exercise and movement uh, throughout my day and throughout all my other responsibilities so that I'm kind of creating that sense of uh, balance and that it's my unique schedule each day it's it's my time each day Mm -hmm. I I remember you telling me something like it's not if I'm gonna work out it's actually when I'm gonna work out and I was like (laughs) yes that's so powerful not if but when (laughs) right yeah it's it's sometimes kind of funny where you know I'll be camping and need to do one of my workouts so I might attach a rope to a tree and be doing some exercises or just kind of finding ways to just make it work. I can't even tell you how many times I've worked out in an airport, just finding ways to, uh, if, again, not when or not if, but when am I going to do this? And sometimes it requires some creativity. <laughs> That's so hilarious. I'm so glad you mentioned creativity because um, I feel like when we're in the zone, we can be super creative. Like, like sometimes when I'm trying to problem solve with a team, it's like, oh, and then, you know, I go for a walk with my husband and it's like, we're just going for a walk. And then, you know, the solutions start coming, Mm -hmm. right? When you're on the treadmill or you're, you're just not actively thinking about it, that like your brain goes into the default mode and then you're just kind of like, oh, that might work. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up. Uh, I think there is sometimes a misconception that in terms of working on things for school or my program, that if you're not spending 100% of your time on this one thing, that it's not enough. But for me, I know if I have a test the next day, let's say I'm studying, that the difference between studying an extra hour and maybe going on a bike I'm going to do so much better on this exam if I let my body go on this bike ride. Um, To me, it's, it's worth that. And I'm trying to think of how to be efficient in my fitness and how I can be efficient in my days. And I think really sometimes when I'm running, like I'm thinking about um, my thesis or I'm thinking about 
uh, a dance or I'm creating movement in my mind. And I think it really is almost like how sleep operates as a time to solidify knowledge. I find the same thing when I exercise too. Hmm. Wow. That's awesome. (laughs) I think we covered a lot of material. (laughs) So, um, I think right, what we can do right now is actually recap some of the, some of like the takeaways that you kind of like sh- shared with us today, um, yeah. because we have a lot. So let's look at some of these things. Um, so I love the idea about you, the if not when. So the if not when is... Um, it's not if I'm going to work out, it's when I'm going to work out. And you said that creating the schedule not only creates a sense of balance in your life and routine, but it actually increases your efficiency. Then we also discussed the, the power of being in the present moment and enjoying the process versus being really consumed by the outer outcome, you know, mm-hmm. and how that, you know, just creates a greater sense of awareness in our body. And just, oh my gosh, I think... One of the takeaways that I have from you is just through the mind of an athlete is how in tune you are with your body and your breathing, your heart rate, your efficiency, your digestive system, like the entire physiology is something that um, you have a huge interplay with. And um, is there anything I left out from our conversation that you might want to bring back? I think one thing I'd add to that last point that you brought up about me being very in tune with my body, I would agree that I feel that way, Um, but that came with a lot of practice, training, and kind of almost hitting each upper limit and lower limit. So that came from actually vomiting on a run because I ate too soon. So knowing, okay, how can I push this back to be more fueled? It comes from, um, you know, having days where I somehow get to 10 p.m. and I didn't get a workout in and now I'm doing it at 11 at night and it's not effective at all. So I think it's come with a lot of uh, almost oopsies or kind of like, well, better learn better next time from it. Um, And now I'm at a place where I still have those mistakes that I'm making, but can kind of create my day to be more in tune with my body and kind of have that knowledge built up but it doesn't come overnight it comes with a lot of silly experiences and and learning from coaches and mentors so that's the only thing I would add to that is it's not something that I think is innate in me or other athletes but that comes from a lot of dedication practice and a lot of um, imperfection along the way too Mm -hmm. That's, that's beautiful. Um, I was wondering, um, because you are an athlete and you have such incredible intrinsic and extrinsic motivation, I was wondering what you could tell us uh, for, for uh, listeners who maybe lack the motivation um, to like get out in the morning, especially me when it's like really, really cold at, in the winter and it's five mm-hmm. o'clock and it's super dark. <laughs> like, what do you do to kind of like get through like when you're not feeling like you really want to work out? Like, oh, how do you how do you deal with that mentally? Yeah, um, I totally still experience that. It gets very cold here. It's very dark here in the winter. Um, and sometimes my body's like, no, we should sleep or let's just stay here and stay warm. Uh, I think it comes from following the process. So I know that the first thing that I do before I 
work out is I put on my workout clothes. So I know that that's something, again, coming back to control that, okay, I can put my shoes on or I can put my running shorts on. Um, so kind of falling back on the process if I'm not fully there mentally and just going through those motions until I can get myself at the place where, okay, I'm starting this workout. I have the choice to make here of how this is going to go. And then it's kind of uh, willing myself to find that, that place of, okay, this is my choice. This is a privilege that I get to do. Um, but it starts with just kind of falling back on that process. Mm-hmm. So I'm hearing that part of that process is um, a backwards planning of sorts. We yeah, it's preparation. Mm-hmm. Preparation and where you actually like plant little prompts for your brain. Mm-hmm. And it could be as simple as leaving your shoes out or your workout clothes out the night before so that when you wake up and you, you see them, it's like, oh, I got to put that stuff on. <laughs> yeah. <gotta> run. <laughs> Finding ways also to kind of uh, make rewards for myself like on my, my run today where I was really not feeling motivated. It was 90 degrees out. I had to run all these hills. I texted my partner asking if we could get smoothies after. So this whole time I was thinking about a cold smoothie. I knew that I would feel so good if I completed this workout and that I had kind of a reward waiting for me at the end. So I think sometimes it's also about how can I kind of help motivate myself when just, you know, intrinsic motivation isn't working anymore. Okay, smoothie. Yeah, totally. (laughs) It's so funny. I'm so glad you mentioned the reinforcements because um, sometimes like what happens, I feel is that uh, we actually reinforce ourselves all the time. And mm-hmm. so when we reinforce ourselves all the time, which means like we get whatever we want to eat or drink or do whenever we feel like it, it makes that reinforcement lose its power. And mm-hmm. so if you save a reinforcement like a smoothie or a, a, I have, I like juices, like, you know, those little green juices, celery and mm-hmm. the greener, the better. <laughs> or even like if you want to buy a special lipstick, I'll wait until I come like, meet a goal and then reward myself with that so that I have something to look forward to and Mm -hmm. something to work towards. Otherwise I don't have to put a lot of effort and I can just reinforce all the time. And it just, you know, you really do need that reinforcement at the end, that reward, or also you mentioned an accountability partner, someone Mm -hmm. who keeps you to your word, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think thinking about right now in terms of everyone's schedule isn't what they think it's going to be this year for the most part. A lot of athletes are having races that they've trained a long time for, including Olympians, not happening at the time they thought they would, or maybe not happening at all this year. So coming back to even when I'm not having that direct outcome, or I'm not going to have that specific test or race, how can I enjoy the process? And I think part of that comes from finding ways to make it rewarding yourself or finding the things that make it rewarding to you personally. And sometimes that's a smoothie and sometimes that's the feeling of a job well done. Mm -hmm. And it, it might change from day to day. Wow. Wow. (laughs) That was so enlightening. (laughs) I loved our conversation. It was so awesome. Um, 
there are lots of notes here, and um, I hope that our listeners take something away with them that helps them with either fitness, health, or mindfulness today. And um, I feel that those those little tools will just bring you such joy. And so I just want to thank you, Hannah, for giving us your valuable time and sharing your expertise with us. And uh, we, I hope you really meet your goal of Ironman. I know you will. Thank you. Yeah, it was so great to be on your show and to see all the amazing work that you're doing and giving people the opportunity to share and listen. It's very wonderful. Mm, thank you so much. Well, thank you listeners for being with us and we hope to be with you soon on JoyScore. If you haven't downloaded the app, we really encourage you to do so. There are lots of meditations on there, tips on health and um, fitness. And you'll also find um, Hannah Levy's podcast on there. You can also find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Thank you and good night. Bye. Bye, Hannah. Bye, Ellie. Thank you so much. That was so fun. <laughs> yeah, it was great. <laughs> See ya. Bye. Bye.